What's up, everybody? We're back another Thursday. It's been uh, quite an eventful week, I have to say. And I think the... Well, we're going to close out the world according to Mr. Rogers today. Next week, we do have a new guest on, which I'm really looking forward to allowing everybody to listen to. As far as the the conversation we had, it went about two hours and five minutes, I believe. Uh, really interesting points. Uh, you'll get more information on that next week once it gets released for your ears. For today, I want to stay focused and finish up accordingly this last section of this book titled we are neighbor we are all neighbors and as i was reading it and i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna read them but still reading it the first time it was very interesting going through these passages because it goes back to the macro as it says in the title or the chapter title we are all neighbors and I'm going to jump right in because it's something worth listening to. As human beings, our job in life is to help people realize how rare and valuable each each one of us really is. That each of us has something that no one else has or ever will have. Something inside that is unique to all time. It's our job to encourage each other to discover that uniqueness and to provide ways of developing its expression. I've had lots of heroes, lots of people I've wanted to be like. To this day, I can still feel the excitement in 1944 as I opened the first installment of my Charles Atlas exercise course. I had saved my money open parentheses, $19, close parentheses, and had sent away for those lessons that I thought would help me look like Atlas himself, holding up the world. In 1944, I was a chubby and weak 16-year-old, and Charles Atlas was trim and strong. I did the exercises every morning. Some of them even had me hanging on a bar at a door jam. Many months and many lessons later, I still didn't look like Charles Atlas. Now, happily, I don't need to. Maybe it's natural, especially when we're little and feel weak, to choose outside kinds of heroes and superheroes who can keep us safe in a scary world. My next hero was a big man on campus in our high school, Jim Stumball. He could do anything, a letterman in basketball, football, and track. He made all A's. Both of his parents were teachers, but his dad died during our freshman year. Who knows? Maybe that made Jim sensitive to the needs of a shy kid like me. At any rate, we beat the, o- the odds and became lifelong friends. Many years after high school, when Jim's teenage son was killed in an automobile accident, I was there for him. The way he lived through that terrible time and the way he lived through his own years of cancer confirmed my pick of a hero. Jim started out looking like Charles Atlas, ended up looking like Mahatma Gandhi. What's amazing to me is that he has always acted like that peace-filled Gandhi. Yes, Gandhi's one of my heroes. Gandhi and Albert Schweitzer and Jane Addams, the tireless advocate of internationalism and world peace. 
and Bo Lozoff, who helps inmates use their time well in prison. Our heroes, other heroes, are Yo-Yo Mom and everyone else in the public eye who cares about beauty and refuses to bow to fast and loud sensationalism and greed. Recently, I've added an unknown hero to my list. The person who drives the car I saw the other day. The parked car with the flashing lights and the sign that reads, Vintage Volunteer, Home Delivered Meals. So those are some of my heroes now. The Charles Atlases of my elder years. They're the kind of people who help all of us come to realize that biggest doesn't necessarily mean best. That the most important things in life are inside things like feelings and wonder and love. And that the ultimate happiness is being able, sometimes, somehow, to help our neighbor become a hero too. From the song, Won't You Be My Neighbor. I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? The older I get, the more I seem to be able to appreciate my neighbor, whomever I happen to be with at that moment. Oh, sure, I've always tried to love my neighbor as myself. However, the more experiences I've had, the more chances I've had to see the uniqueness of each person. As well as each tree and plant and shell and cloud, the more I find myself delighting every day in the lavish, lavish gifts of God, whom I've come to believe is the greatest appreciator of all. When I was very young, most of my childhood heroes wore capes flew through the air, or picked up buildings with one arm. They were spectacular and got a lot of attention. But as I grew, my heroes changed. So that now I can honestly say that anyone who does anything to help a child is a hero to me. When you combine your own intuition with a sensitivity to other people's feelings and moods, you may be close to the origins of valuable human attributes such as, such as generosity, altruism, compassion, sympathy, and empathy. Jane Addams, writing about her 20 years at Whole House, said, People did not want to hear about simple things. They wanted to hear about great things. Simply told. Music has given me a way of expressing my feelings and my thoughts, and it has also given me a way of understanding more about life. For example, as you play together in a symphony orchestra, you can appreciate that each musician has something fine to offer. Each one is different, though, and you each have a different song to sing. When you sing together, you make one voice. That's true of all endeavors, not just musical ones. Finding ways to harmonize our uniqueness with the uniqueness of others can be the most fun and the most rewarding of all. If you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet, how important you can be to the people who you may never even dream of. There is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person.
whether we're a preschooler or a young teen, a graduating college senior or, or a retired person, we human beings all want to know that we're acceptable, that our being alive somehow makes a difference in the lives of others. The purpose of life is to listen to yourself, to your neighbor, to your world, and to God. And when the time comes to respond in a helpful, in as helpful a way as you can find from within and without. Please think of the children first. If you ever have anything to do with their entertainment, their food, their toys, their custody, their day or night care, their health care, their education, listen to the children, learn about them, learn from them. Think of the children first. I think the young feel pressured by the older generation, but I realize it isn't just the older generation doing the pressuring. Young people are pressuring older people to change too, and it can make us feel uncomfortable, but it isn't all bad either. I know how much I've learned from my parents and teachers, and now I know for sure that I'm learning from my children and the young people I work with. I don't do everything they want me to do, and they don't do everything I want them to do. But we know down deep we'd really be impoverished if we didn't have each other. More and more, I've come to understand that listening is one of the most important things we can do for one another. Whether the other be an adult or a child, our engagement in listening to who that person is can often be our greatest gift. Whether that person is speaking or playing or dancing, building or singing or painting. If we care, we can listen. From a public service announcement following the events of September 11, 2001. If you grew up with our neighborhood, you may remember how we sometimes talked about difficult things. There were days, even beautiful days, that weren't happy. In fact, there were some that were really sad. Well, We've all had a lot of days like that in our whole world. We've seen that some people do what some people do when they don't know anything else to do with their anger. I'm convinced that when we help our children find healthy ways of dealing with their feelings, ways that don't hurt them or anyone else, we're helping to make our world a safer, better place. I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger. I like you just the way you are. And what's more, I'm so grateful to you for helping the children in your life to know that you'll do everything you can to keep them safe and help them express their feelings in ways that will bring healing in many different neighborhoods. It's very dramatic when two people come together to work something out. It's easy to take a gun and annihilate your opposition. But what is really exciting to me is to see people with differing views come together and finally respect each other. The world needs a sense of worth, and it will achieve it only by its people feeling that they are worthwhile. I have long believed that the way to know a spiritual sense is to know it in our real life. I think the best way to understand about God and peace is to know about peace in our everyday lives. Beside my chair is a saying in French. It inspires me every day. 
It's a sentence from Saint Exuperis, the Little Prince, and it reads, L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. What is essential is invisible to the eyes. The closer we get to know the truth of that sentence, the closer I feel we get to wisdom. That which has real value in life in any millennium is very simple, very deep, and very simple. It happens inside of us, inside the essential invisible part of us, and that is what allows everyone to be a potential neighbor. What matters is, isn't how a person's inner life finally puts together the alphabet and numbers of his outer life. What really matters is whether he uses the alphabet for the declaration of a war or the description of a sunrise. His numbers for the final count at Buchenwald or the specifics of a brand new bridge. I, found out, I find out more and more every day how important it is for people to share their memories. Play does not seem to open up another part of the mind that is always there, but that, since childhood, may have become closed off and hard to reach. When we treat children's play as seriously as it deserves, we are helping them feel the joy that's to be found in the creative spirit. We're helping ourselves stay in touch with that spirit too. It's the things we play with and the people who help us play that make a great difference in our lives. Imagine what our real neighborhoods would be like if each of us offered, as a matter of course, just one kind word to another person. There have been so many stories about the lack of courtesy, the impatience of today's world, road rage, and even restaurant rage. Sometimes it, all it takes is one kind word, word to nourish another person. Think of the ripple effect that can be created when we nourish someone. One kind, empathetic word has a wonderful way of turning into many. When I was ordained, it was for a special ministry, that of serving children and families through television. I consider that what I do through Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is my ministry. A ministry doesn't have to be only through a church or even through ordination. And I think we all can minister to others in this world by being compassionate and caring. I hope you will feel good enough about yourselves that you will want to minister to others and that you will find your own unique ways to do that. You don't ever have to do anything sensational for people to love you. When I say, it's you I like, I'm talking about the part of you that knows that life is far more than anything you can ever see or hear or touch. That deep part of you that allows you to stand for those things without which humankind cannot survive. Love that conquers. Hate. Peace that rises triumphant over war. And justice that proves more powerful than greed. So in all that you do in all your life, I wish you the strength and the grace to make those choices, which will allow you and your neighbor to become the best of whoever you are. And that concludes our four, five-week journey with Mr. Rogers. I think it's about about four. But definitely an easy book to digest. If you're not a reader, you can maybe 
get this book and and go through it again because it's i mean even if you do a page a day you're going to be done but before you know it i mean we did what we did i mean we did i did one section every week here and you know 20 30 minutes maybe it took per section and that's because I'm, I'm reading out loud so it's a little bit different than if you're reading your head some people probably read way faster than me which is great and if you think you read slow you more than likely don't read slow and if you do i i, I feel like i okay i feel like i read slow and it but we get through the books and I, I've gone through, I've gone through these books now that I have here in my desk and hopefully use that to emphasize certain aspects that seem to be reoccurring, you know, and we can tie off with this one, you know, we are all our neighbors. So we can go into the rest of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday's Mother's Day. Um, I'm looking. I'm personally personally looking forward to that. I'll beg to argue about you know mom figures that you've had in your life that hopefully have made that impact. At least we can all think about it for our own individual sake. To then you know bring one ounce of kindness to whoever you see next in person face to face so I look forward to conversing with you seeing you talking with you at some point whether it's tomorrow or in the near future or in the future maybe we haven't met yet and you're listening to this for the first time we'll see you guys next week like I said we, ha- we do have a new guest and looking forward to to going through that conversation and having everybody hear that. So see you guys next week.